BizQuick podcast hits on the struggles and advantages of being an entrepreneur. It's for anyone who's made the commitment to burn the boats and not look back. Are you a busy entrepreneur or small business owner trying to do it all? Then this podcast is for you. Corey and Julie will take you through the details of building a strong business. Hit the subscribe button and gear up for another episode of BizQuick Podcast. Is quick. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And on today's show, we have Sean Fogarty. Sean is the owner of Fogarty Enterprises, which is out of St. Cloud, Minnesota, but Sean can pretty much help clients from anywhere. He is a certified internal auditor. That sounds awful. And he's an enrolled agent, which means that he's really that that's the part that says he can work with people anywhere. And he's a certified chief audit executive. Big titles for Sean. Yes. And we know Sean well, and uh, we we love Sean. He's a great guy, easy to work with. And um, he um, actually does our taxes for SB Pace. He does. And before we go and scare everybody off, we're not going to talk just about taxes and accounting today and, and finance and all of those other topics that I find exciting. Um, we're going to talk about, uh, to start, we're going to talk about the doing things in your business that you are uncomfortable with, doing things that you're not an expert at. Just numbers is definitely an area that a lot of people uh, kind of, they're, uh, for lack of a better term, scared of. Isn't that pretty much the definition of it? most everything in your business, though, is stuff that you don't really want to do? Not necessarily. Like I mean, the, it's a large percentage of business usually, right? Well, okay, so, all right, so let's get rid of the not want, but the, the you're uncomfortable doing. Like, I don't want to do whatever, but I'm comfortable doing it. But, for instance, like, if in SP Pace, if you were to say, we need to do some cold calls today, I would be uncomfortable doing that. That's not my thing. I'm not comfortable doing cold calls either, but somehow I drew that straw. So what is it that you have to do as part of SP Pace that you are uncomfortable doing? Um, there's a lot of, I don't know, a lot of the client management stuff. It's not my, not really my forte in terms of like the, the actually like like the, all the stuff that you you kind of do in terms of like uh, building out schedules for the week and just like keeping people on track and that type of stuff. Because I don't, as we're well aware of, communication is also not my strong suit. So for me, it's just like, well, we're just going to do, well, you didn't send us a plan. Well, because I get it in my head. It's fine. Let's just keep going. Um, you know, so that's, that's an area there where it's, it, you know, it's something that I should work on being better at, but it's something that, you know, also it's, it is an area where you pick up the slack, but in general, I think with, um, small business owners, the, the, the important part is understanding what it is that you, you're not good at or that you're uncomfortable doing and either becoming better at it or finding somebody to do it for you. Uh, yeah. And I think that, yes, I would agree. There are some things that you just could can't you shouldn't ever outsource but i going down that path continuing down that path what are your thoughts on 
Do you think that as a small business owner, is it your responsibility to understand everything in your business before you outsource it? Are you ever okay with, I'm going to have someone else do this even though I don't know how to do it? What do you think there? Because there's a couple different schools of thought and I'm curious what you think. I think there are certain areas that you don't, you, you should be perfectly comfortable outsourcing. You should try to maybe get a little bit knowledgeable if you have the option or have that person that you're outsourcing to walk you through some of the work that they're doing. But I think that accounting, legal, a lot of like professional services like that should be outsourced to people. Um, social media, for example, is an area where I think that you should be knowledgeable in, in, in what should be happening with your business, what's going on, what's trending, whatever it is. But that's also kind of one of those things that is a time suck and it's good to just pay somebody else to do it. So there's there's some areas that I think it's perfectly acceptable to just not be an expert. Like you don't need to be an expert at reading contracts. You need to know a lawyer who is good at doing that for you. Yeah. Um, right. I, I think so. Like those really highly specialized things, contracts. Like you should understand what's in a contract, right? But you that's why we have attorneys and we tell people all the time you should have an attorney. At the very least have one available to you that's familiar with your business. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of people on the social media side that there's two very different schools of thought. It's never hand off your social media to anybody else. And there's the, you should hand off your social media to somebody else. Right. I think in today's world, knowing how to do social media is really important. But I think what's actually more important is like from a small business, if you're a small business owner or an entrepreneur, it's not possible to do everything. It's just not. And so maybe that's where some people want to invest their time and if that's where they get a lot of their client leads from or whatever. But if you have somebody who can authentically sound like you and do, you know, do social media for you, then I don't see any reason with going that direction. I don't either, especially if it's not your strong suit. If it's not something that you're interested in doing and if it's something you know you're not going to do well, yeah. why even bother attempting to say, that, oh, well, I have to own this because it's my business? No. If you're, gonna, if you're not going to do it well, find somebody who will. But, there, but every, every, I think that almost anything can be developed into a strength. Almost anything, but, it, it's, uh, but like you said, there's not, not enough hours in the day to do everything. Mm-hmm. So if it makes more sense for you to sell and work on operations and deal with like employee... Uh, improvement and personal development and you don't have time for social media or accounting at the end of the day, outsource it. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I think that, that, um, I'm a big fan of outsourcing, especially if you can outsource to another small business and, um, you know, maybe either form a partnership or, um, get, you know, help another small business owner, um, get some revenue in the door. I think that makes a lot of sense. So, I am a fan of that. I do think that you should know at least enough that you can understand, especially when it comes to your finances, right? I mean, we know a lot of small business owners who just blindly trust their accountants and don't know anything that's happening. And that's why you need to, like, at, at first you don't need to know everything, but you should try and, like, kind of pick some stuff up along the way. It's like hiring an electrician for your house. Like, you don't need to know anything about electrical, but you need to know when you're getting fleeced. 
Yes. Yes. It, you, in every situation, you should know what yes, you're getting. Yes, exactly. That is just a good, that's just a good rule for life. So, all right, let's, let's wrap up and bring Sean in and get down to the nitty gritty of why he likes numbers so much. We've launched a whole new coaching program aimed at helping small business owners accelerate their revenue. This one-on-one, well, technically two, coaching is built around your schedule and your goals and will help keep you on track to make your business a success. There are no strings attached, no long commitments, and at $600 a month, it's priced perfectly for any small business owner. If you're struggling to find time to grow yourself and your business, or you want to find ways to improve your financial situation, head on over to sbpace.com small-business-coaching to sign up. All right, and welcome back to the show. We've got Sean Fogarty on, and we are going to talk about outsourcing, being an accountant, finance, all sorts of fun stuff like that. Welcome to the show, Sean. Thanks, Corey. It's a pleasure to be on the show, and hi, Julie. Always a pleasure to see Julie. (laughs) Always a pleasure to see you, too. How's it going? Good. You know, Corey, I I don't know if you knew this, but uh, Julie and I rode the school bus together. I did know that. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> all right let's <laughs> dive in oh you, i want to talk more about this no i don't I, julie's turning red right i'm now. not turning <laughs> red I, I know i let's i don't want to talk about the school bus i want to talk about taxes those are words you'll never hear me say let's talk about taxes so uh, hey you know sean before we in all seriousness before we brought you on we were talking about having to do things in your business that you don't actually want to do and um or that make you uncomfortable and you know obviously taxes are a thing that most people that you should outsource most people should unless you're an accountant and maybe do accountants do their own taxes most of them do but believe it or not i do do taxes for a couple of cfos of fairly major companies that i was surprised they hired me i actually asked uh one client why did you hire me and she said well, Sean, I know you spend 40 hours a year or more taking the continuing ad, and I don't do that. You know, all, all she does is compile and analyze the financials for the company that she works for, so she doesn't feel comfortable, especially with all the tax law changes, which have really been Ugh. hard-hitting the last few years. Yeah, uh, It's a lot to keep on top of. So, I just saw a big one that came down today, or that is a change that is part of the... Um, trillion dollar infrastructure package have you seen this one about the social security numbers uh give me a little more they i just saw this morning that um they part of that infrastructure package is that social security numbers are no longer required on tax filings for dependents oh yes that has been a huge problem um i have a few during COVID, a few of my clients had children and they weren't able to get a social security number for their child and therefore could not get the child tax credit. Oh, interesting. Is that like because the social security administration was shut down? Right. So, so that, that's been a problem. So that's why they, they changed that. Oh, that Um, is not my, that was not my interpretation. See, oh, okay, because okay. the article that I read said that it is actually going to become close to a $1 billion problem for America because what it now opens the door for is illegal illegal aliens. Oh, yes. Yeah. So that was... Yes. That's why I thought it came through. Yes, that's probably the more major component of it. Yes, yes, yes. 
I was not aware of the other other factor though. So um, interesting because I can remember um, when that like what year did you were uh, you may not know this, but what year it actually went into effect that you had to have the social security number. Um, I don't know. I don't know that off the top of my head. I I think it wasn't probably until like the late nineties or early two thousands. If only we had an intern who could research this, but anyway, we, we might be way off topic. So yeah. For the person who said that she wasn't going to say anything. I'm done now. I'm not going to talk anymore. I'm done. Go ahead, Corey. Well, no, we were talking with Sean right before we started about the importance of outsourcing and Sean, you're a solopreneur. You've got your, your tax business, your accounting business that you do, but you sometimes choose to outsource. Sometimes you keep it in house. Sometimes you flip flop. Um, kind of walk us through that, like in terms of like how you make that decision. Sure. So I have about 400 clients and the parts of the business that I've outsourced are uh, some of the bookkeeping tasks, the filing, um, and some of the 1099 processing because that's mostly data entry. And the part I'm most comfortable outsourcing is the 1099 data entry uh, because I can check that over very easily and quickly um, the filing, I don't like outsourcing, believe it or not, because if there's something that gets misfiled, even though I also scan the documents in, so I keep them both paper and I realize I'm doubling up. Uh, there's another way I can save time and energy, but, uh, <laughs> having a, a digital repository and a paper repository is probably not necessary, but I'm doing that right now. And, uh, I just felt that the time and energy that the person spent filing, that I needed to touch those documents myself. And part of it is, frankly, I'm a control freak. A lot of small business owners are. (laughs) And I think in particular, a lot of accountants are. Mm -hmm. And so that's probably a good thing in terms of like accounting. Like you don't want people to kind of just be willy nilly in terms of what they're doing. Um, so finding a good accountant and somebody who's a little OCD, a little controlling is probably a good thing. How many of your clients do you think have no idea what you're doing? Ballpark. Oh, uh, you don't have to I name any s- of them. I would say, you mean no idea on taxes or bookkeeping or bit or the whole financial just element? In general. Of How many people have just kind of handed over everything and just like, Sean, you figure it out? Oh, I would say a good 25%. Does that, does, yeah, does yeah, that raise red box, flags for you? Your, your shoebox style. Um, a lot of times, not to, not to call people out, but some of my farming and trucking clients, um, particularly solo truckers, they, they do that. Honestly, I can remember growing up in Nine Toe Joe having all of his receipts and every piece of paper he needed for his taxes in a, in shoe boxes. And then he would take them over to, I can't remember the accountant's name. I'm sure he is dead now because he was like a hundred when, when nine toe was using them, but some dude in new Prague, Minnesota and have his taxes done there. And, um, it, he would literally drop the stuff off like two weeks before the tax deadline, like to, <laughs> <laughs> to get it, to get it in. But yeah, shoe box. He was told 100% shoe box, shoe box. And I can remember him. Am I allowed to say making up receipts? I'm allowed to say anything I want. It's my podcast, but yes. sure. Yeah, he was making. He made up receipts. Yeah, they they, can, they only like can go back seven years. Right? Oh, he's fine. He's yeah. fine. He's fine. <laughs> I'm, I might have just made up that number. Yeah. Sean, how far back can the IRS go to audit? Uh, typically seven. If they think there's serious fraud, they can go back ten. He's fine. He's covered. 
So nobody knows who Nine Toe Joe is anyway. <laughs> I'm sure they can figure it out. Though. <laughs> what do you think the likelihood is that anyone from the IRS listens to BizQuick podcast? I hope zero. Exactly zero. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so as well. Yeah. All right, well, so the 25%, um, honestly, I'm surprised it's not higher. Yeah, I thought that number was actually gonna be higher. Well, I mean, people come, I'm saying, I'm talking people that just completely, I mean, it's not organized at all. It's just a, they, it's just a dump. Um, that's, yeah. And then from that, it's partially organized then for another group of say 25 to 30%. And then I'd say probably 20% of my clients are like ultra organized spreadsheets. Everything's categorized. Uh, they don't, they, they even they have hard hitting questions for me and just on basic uh, five or six questions on classifying specific issues or a, lo- a lot of depreciation questions, of course, that's always a big one. Uh, can I write off the whole thing or not? Um, that That's a huge one. Um, so that's pretty much it for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think taxes get, more and more complicated and confusing every year, right? And with the at the rate at which tax law changes, it makes it really hard for anybody who isn't a an accountant, and and it probably isn't exactly easy for you either, right? You're an accountant, and you've got to you have to stay up on everything because you are responsible for so many people's taxes. And I I often wonder, like somebody like. Um, TurboTax, like Intuit, how they like they must constantly have to be updating their software to adjust, to allow for the tax laws that are coming through. It's crazy. Usually, it's the updates come through a couple times a week. Usually, I I use a competing software to Turbo, TurboTax. I can say it because I actually worked for them uh, part time. Um, it, they're called uh, Tax Act. I use the Tax Act professional version. Um, all the softwares are very similar in their interface and, and they do, they update frequently and, um, there are issues sometimes if a software update comes through right after you e-file it, either the IRS will correct it on their end, or sometimes you have to do an amended, Mm. but luckily now you can do amended electronically, most amended. So, uh, that's helpful. Federal amendments, I should say. State amendments, most states require you to mail mail in the amendments. What about those entrepreneurs out there who like to do everything themselves? <laughs> they want to do, keep everything in-house. Um, how, like, what would your advice be to people who are like, you know what, I'll just do my own taxes. I, I've got the time. I've got the money. Or not the money. I've got the time. They're probably doing it because they don't have the money. <laughs> right. I, I would make sure that they have their categories squared away and... The number one issues I see are mileage. Keeping track of mileage is always a big issue with the uh, vehicles. And then, of course, understanding of depreciation. You know, um, you you bought a new computer. Do you depreciate or not? Office furniture, um, certain types of equipment. You just have to know how to categorize it. Um, I do think most people can do their own taxes, especially if you just have like a, a solo entrepreneur situation. Yeah, you could do your own taxes. Uh, but you should consult with someone on your questions before you plow ahead with, with doing your own. So um, I shouldn't I shouldn't just type it into the search engine and go with whatever Wikipedia says. Right, you should not use Wikipedia. But the tax, all tax <laughs> softwares, including TurboTax and Tax Act, 
they have nice frequently asked questions and, and basically walk you through where to enter it. Yeah, I, I personally, I mean, I think TurboTax is, is great. They've done a really good job with that software. They make yes, it easy. They, they make do. it so that anybody could do taxes, though. I will tell you when you're, you know, you got to do all the, you know, the Schedule C's and the Schedule K's and you've got an, a mistake someplace and you're going back when they sort of run through their audit at the end and they're like, ooh, you got to look at this number. That's where it starts to get complicated. But I think this is like the classic area, the classic, like the cliche that we always talk about when it comes to what's the value of your time. Yeah. Because I could, I like, I, I have no doubt that if I spent enough time, I could probably figure out my own taxes and do them and do them correctly. Mm-hmm. But I could also pay somebody like Sean to do it in an hour and a half. Correct. And that is completely worth it to me to know that a, I've got an expert doing the job and B I don't have to spend 10, 12, 15 hours doing something that could take 90 minutes. Yeah. Sean, how long does it take you to do like an average return on average? How long does it take you to do a return? I would say an hour and a half. Okay. For a normal person with a business that's a low activity business, an hour and a half, but you talk like a, a medium sized farm or an S corp or a C corp. Uh, I'm usually putting in uh, four to six hours for sure, or a partnership. Partnership's usually a good half day. Yeah, uh, because you have to do the uh, the balance sheet and double check the the, the, the K ones, etc. Yeah, yeah, K one. I said Schedule K, I think, which is Special K. Yep, same. We, we all knew what you were talking about. I <laughs> I'm sure our listeners are like, because she's an idiot, don't let her handle your finances. <laughs> don't worry, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, we hand that all off to Sean. We do, we do in fact. I enter, everything, enter everything into QuickBooks and then just give it to Sean and say, just tell us what we owe. Yeah, I'm even terrible at, how important is it for people to um, track expenses as they go, Sean, versus wait until, you know, February and you're like, oh, let me log all my expenses. <laughs> I'm amazed at how many people throw it together at the last minute, and it's just fine. I mean, as long as as you know, you know, QuickBooks, if you use QuickBooks, you, when you download it from your bank, it you can set it up to automatically categorize uh, into the categories. And I think where people really struggle is when they they don't know the categories. They're like, where do I put this? Where do I put this? Yeah, and I, I you, you've had us reclassify things a couple of times. We're like, mm, you should probably put some of these things over here, and we're like, all right, what are, you're the expert. <laughs> sure. And that's more of a style thing. Now, the IRS is not going to, you're not going to get in trouble with the IRS for categorizing an expense in the wrong category. But I'd like it to be consistent because the IRS algorithms are checking, you know, when, when we click e-file, they're seeing the variations. And maybe some of those variations would trigger an audit. Maybe they wouldn't. But I also think it's, it's easier for you to track where your business is going if you keep your categories consistent, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, for instance, I spent less on, on advertising last over COVID. Uh, word of mouth is more my way to get new clients. So, What about uh, since you deal with a lot of small business owners who are solopreneurs, for example, where – there's a very, very like the 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 difference between personal and business expenses is very loose. Um, how like how specific or how exact do people need to be when it comes to tracking their taxes or tracking their expenses? 
when that, you know, it's like, well, I've got a home office so I can write off part of my house and I ate lunch during the work day. So I could probably write off my trip to the grocery store. Like what are you, what's your advice there? I'm glad you brought that up. So for 2021 and 2022 meals are hundred percent deductible, but a meal purchased at a grocery store technically would not be deductible. A meal purchased at a restaurant is deductible. Um, if the meal was purchased at the deli, of the of the grocery store that would be deductible but if it's i mean if you're actually buying like a like let's say you buy a microwave dinner that would not be deductible what if you buy groceries and then you cook yourself meals at home and you work from home uh, technically that 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 does not apply to the meals deduction mm. what now about- it could it, it could <laughs> apply to a um a holiday party let's mm-hmm. say uh, you decided to make homemade pizzas uh, with the SB Pace team. Uh, that that would be deductible, obviously. What if I bought the groceries under a different business and then paid myself to make that? <laughs> you you probably could get away with that. All right, we're you heard it here, folks. We are stretching <laughs> the rules here. So I want to shift gears a little bit, Sean, and I want to ask you about where. Who it is, this is going to sound really weird, but I'm I'm interested and curious because you, you're pretty active on social media, right? LinkedIn and um, Instagram, you are very, I know you are not a Facebook guy, but you are active on social media. So what sort of tax and financial and numbers people do you follow and engage with on social media or do you not, especially on Instagram, or do you not really use it for that reason and it's more entertainment purposes and what not for you? No, actually, it's helped me a lot, and I've gained clients on Instagram and LinkedIn. What I use Instagram for is there's a gentleman. Uh, I guess I'll shout, I'll shout him out. Duke Duke does taxes, mm-hmm. and Duke does taxes has gained millions of followers, and actually, the IRS is following him. He he breaks <laughs> stuff down in such a like in a couple of sentences, and the way he talks. He's able to break down complex uh, concepts very uh, for anyone to understand. And then I've tried to model myself when I've made attempts to do little blurbs on various topics. I, I keep it real concise and simple. Mm, nice. Okay. Are you, and, and, oops, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. And then that way, if, you know, if people want to dig into it further, well, usually they'll, they'll message me. So Nice. It's great. It's it's helped me. Yeah, I bet. Do you uh, do you know who Tyler McBroom is? Heard the name. Remind me. Uh, he's a he's a tax and finance guy. He's in Florida. Um, he's actually um, his story is pretty interesting in that he, um, I think, and I might not have this entirely correct, but I think that Tyler's backstory is you know he was an accountant, a CPA. He reached out to. Tony Robbins and offered to come and speak and said, these are the things I can share with your audience. And he ended up speaking at one of Tony Robbins events. And he's kind of a, his Tony Robbins guy is very well known, wrote a book. He's, he, he's entertaining on, um, social media, but I, so I follow him on, um, Instagram and I know him through Arate. He's, he's really, really sharp, but he's He's entertaining, but he's also very educational. I really like his style, right? Like, I'm not normally looking for tax tips on on Instagram, but I'll read his stuff. 
Are you? Did you make that face because you're like you're not normally looking for tax tips anywhere? I don't know why people would be on Instagram looking for tax tax tips. That doesn't seem like the right forum to me in general. Well, I but I think it is if you have a clientele. If your ideal client is somebody who is a user of Instagram. I mean, Sean just said he's gotten customers off of Instagram because of the knowledge that he shares and and the information and he sort of leaves them hungry for more and then they reach out and they're like, hey, right? So, and I, I see Sean's tax tips and financial tips all the time. Sure. And then his farming stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I use my personal Instagram, which I know is not the right way to do it, but uh, I like to kind of mix in my personal life into, so, so people know I'm a real person. Are there people who don't know you're a real person? Well, I, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that, but, you know, I think it's to just show you're approachable because I think some people in my business, they, they don't know how to talk to people. Like yeah. in the old days, like my first job out of college, I was sitting in this cube in the corner and there's a pile of tax returns and they just pointed at the pile. They said, work that pile and, and let us know when you're done. Mm. That's how most people start their jobs. Go, go read those documents and tell us when you're done and we'll find something else for you to do. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Sean, this has been great, but we need to wrap up. So before we go, is there anything that we can do for you? Yes. Anyone that wants a second look on their tax return, I would like them to uh, email sbpace at info at sbpace.com and their info will be forwarded to me. And then I will reach out to you. Just let me know your preferred method of contact, uh, uh, whether that's uh, text, email, or or phone, and I'll contact you by your preferred method. And just so that everybody is clear, you it doesn't matter where these people are geographically located. As long as they're in the United States, you can help them. Yes, I'm an enrolled agent. And uh, so what, sorry, what I want to offer was $95 for a second look in your tax return and a 45-minute uh, video conference. Nice. But all states, doesn't matter. Hawaii, Alaska, yep. Idaho. Okay, perfect. And Sean, can you tell our, so you're going to just to repeat that and it'll be in the show notes, but they're going to, people can email info at sbpace.com and we will forward the, those emails to you and you'll take it from there, setting up the consultation and whatnot. Um, how can people find you? Um, I am on LinkedIn at Sean M. Fogarty, C-I-A-E-A. Uh, those are my certifications. And then on uh, Instagram, you can find me at, at Sean Fogarty, uh 777 Perfect. Well, Sean, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really enjoyed having you. It's always a pleasure catching up with you. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed today's tax talk. And everything that Sean has gone over and everything we're about to say is going to be in our show notes. And if you want to work with us, you want some free content, or if you're interested in paying us to do some work for you, make sure to reach out to us. We've got all sorts of information all over our website and pretty much everywhere. A uh, ton of free content out there. Go download it and reach out to us. Mm-hmm. And then connect with us on social media. Yep. Was there we, more to that thought? Nope, that's it. Um, <laughs> we've got LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and everything's on, on sbpace.com. Yeah, and when it comes to our podcast, we would love it if you would download and rate it. 
You could also subscribe and give us a written review. And if you've got topics you want to hear about, reach out to us and let us know. And you already all have our email address now. It's info at sbpace.com. Don't forget to purchase our book, Seriously, Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. There is a digital workbook download available on our website. We have a number one, well, it is a number one best Amazon bestseller. And if you've already purchased the book, please rate and review it on Amazon. We appreciate all the feedback. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And this was BizQuick, and we are helping entrepreneurs tackle taxes across America.